This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You tune into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work For Him this afternoon. You know, I used to open up the show that today we're going to bring you the practical, the tactical, the, the, the factual, and the biblical. And, and it's, we do that because, you know, today we're going to deal with a subject, at least the first half of the show, that, that each one of us really needs to concentrate on. Whether you live in Florida or whether you live somewhere else around the world, this is an important topic. But thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we start off the show talking with Chuck Wasson from ARCW Insurance. They're one of our local sponsors that also can handle a national audience. They've got the ability to handle insurance needs for our listeners in 48 states. And I talked to Chuck personally. He can get it all the way up to 50 if that's what we want. And the second half of the show today, we're going to welcome a brand new guest and a brand new ministry that we've not highlighted before, David Roth from Work Matters. You know, sometimes it's those simple simple and practical things in life that get overlooked, like reviewing your insurance policies. For almost 30 years, I've been a licensed insurance agent, not practicing anymore, but it appears that most people ignore their policies and only care about price, that is, until there's a claim. Now with Irma behind us, the race is on to get the coverages that you really need, isn't it? When was the last time you sat down with an agent to review all of your policies? Auto, home, flood, wind, commercial. What about your life insurance? Nobody went into that storm, Irma, expecting to die. Yet dozens did die. And thousands had homes and businesses destroyed. Are you prepared? Is your family prepared? Chuck Wasson. Welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, and I appreciate you taking time. I know that life is crazy busy post-Irma. Let me just, let me just ask a couple of questions. I mean, how are your clients doing? Did you, have you had a lot of claims coming in there? We've had, um, unfortunately, we were out of Internet and, and phones for the, probably about four days following the storm, but most of the email uh, voicemails from the office were forwarded, to, for, thankfully, to my cell phone. So I personally took probably about 120 claims, and, you know, we've had more come in, and that doesn't account for the people that reported the claims direct to the insurance company. So when this is all done, I'm expecting we're going to have probably 250, 300 total claims between commercial and personal. Wow, that's that's a lot. Why did you get into the property casualty insurance business in the first place, Chuck? Well, it was you know I grew up in, I grew up around insurance. My mom had been in the insurance business since she was eighteen, so I was exposed to it my entire life, and I never planned on going into it. I bet you if you survey a hundred insurance agents, you know ninety eight percent of them say that you know they just kind of fell into it. And you know I was in college, graduated from college, and I was pre vet, and you know veterinary school is really tough to get into. And you know I could have been a better student, and realized that <laughs> you know I had a great right. opportunity to come to work for my mom. You know, the smart business person that she was, she made me work for someone else first. And then I came into the agency side of the business after three, working three years as an adjuster. And ironically, the last 30 days of my adjusting career was doing Hurricane Andrew claims. Mm, man, and that's 25 years ago. Think about 25. that. Yeah, long time. I mean, that was, I mean, that was, um, you take out the 2004 hurricane season. I mean, you know, that's really the last time we had such a major catastrophe than we've had with Irma here. 
Well, yeah, I mean, and the old four hurricanes, except for the, the damage that was done by Charlie, the rest of them were fairly minimal. I mean, lots of annoying stuff and people without power for a long time. But Irma, the damage across the Caribbean and across the Keys and straight up the center of the state, it, it's pretty amazing. I mean, well, I tell you, being in the Tampa Bay area, Cuba really saved us. You know, that strafe across Cuba, that really weakened it and caused it. Because up until, you know, before it hit, I mean, we were all considering in the Tampa Bay area, we were expecting a Cat 3, Cat 4 right over the top of us. And, you know, with the way the uh, storm uh, retracted after hitting Cuba and went in much south, you know, it really, once again, you know, like, like Charlie, the Tampa Bay area was saved. So let me ask this question. So the people that are turning in claims, they, they're like, okay, I expect to have coverage. But how many conversations are you guys starting to have already with clients that are going, hey, I'm not sure I have the right coverage, and I was really worried that I didn't have the right coverage, and I really want to make sure I have the right coverage before the next time? Well, what we're seeing, and up until the storm, um, we had people, you know, realize the need for flood insurance. And if you don't have flood insurance, it's a 30-day wait. But I can tell you, we sold quite a few flood policies in the week up to the, the storm for the people that were anticipating the next hurricane or the next, you know, possible situation. So, I mean, and then following the storm, we've had a lot of people to call in. You know, and flood, flood insurance is the, is the big issue. You know, most people have homeowners insurance, business insurance that covers, you know, these type of catastrophes, but a lot of people neglect to uh, have to, to take flood insurance. You know, I was talking to a, a, an adjuster down here to do cat claims, and he's saying that a lot of damage on the beast over here on, on the beach over here on the west coast was the wind pushing in sliding glass doors, not busting them, but pushing in sliding glass doors and letting tons of rain inside the building, but not doing any damage to the building. Is there coverage for that? Well, if it pierces the the building, then there's going to be coverage for any interior damage. But what people, you know, are starting to realize, even though we we explain it to it, people sometimes don't listen. You know, people kind of glaze over when we talk about insurance. <laughs> is everyone here? We have we have hurricane deductibles, and that hurricane deductible on your business or your home is a percentage of what the value is. So you take for for um, for instance, if you have a two hundred thousand dollar home and you have a two percent wind deductible, you know that's a four thousand four thousand dollar deductible, and a lot. A lot of the claims that we're seeing, and we're reporting every single claim because these are calendar year deductibles. So, God forbid, we have something again. You know, it certainly adds on to it. But what we're seeing is a lot of these claims are probably going to be under what the windstorm deductible is going to be. You know, what what I see, and I really want to get into the conversation about doing some policy reviews. But what I'm seeing, and first of all, let me just say this: that in front of the all, whole audience, Chuck Wasson, I appreciate you and ARCW Insurance being a major supporter of I work for him, helping to stay on the air, and, and being a friend and an encourager over all the years that we've known each other. But I just want to thank you for your support, and and that's why I want our I want our listeners to realize when. I'm not, I don't just let anybody sponsor the show. I want people that I can, that I know, like, and trust that I know will handle my clients, my customers, my listeners the way I would do it. And, and that's why I appreciate you, Chuck. And I just wanted to say that. I know you didn't ask for that. I'm just saying it out of the bottom of my heart. I, I just well, I mean, that's not a problem. I'm glad to do it. So, talk to me about people are. How often should people do a review of their insurance policies? Every year. Every year. And then, unfortunately, insurance is uh, something that people think of as a last situation. You know, you're getting a new car. Well, we need to make sure we get added to the policy. You know, be proactive on this stuff. Sit down with your agents. We reach out to our clients every year, you know, with the opportunity to see if we can sit down with them. I, I have more uh, luck with the business, my commercial clients, because they want to sit down because they're generally paying a lot more money. But, you know, the people who have homeowners, you know, your everyday citizen or everyday client, you know, they need to sit down because they make life 
life changes. They purchase things. They purchase maybe a piece of jewelry that needs to be scheduled on the policy. They make changes to their house. You know, we, we want to sit down with the clients. Insurance companies have incentives. Okay, what have you done to fortify your house? Have you done? Have you put shutters on? Have you got a new roof? Do we want to do a four-point inspection to see what are the credits that you can get for what you've done to your house? You know, just sit down and review. Sit down. If it's not with me with your current agent, sit down and say, okay, this is everything I've got. You know, am I insured enough? You know, do I want to self-insure maybe raise the deductible a little bit because I understand that, you know, this is going to be my out-of-pocket in the event of a loss. But just sit down and have that conversation with your agent. Well, and a lot of people, though, when they look at their insurance, certainly on the, really, on whether it's business or, or personal or commercial, they're like, they, they go shopping their policies. They think that that's doing a policy review. And when they go shopping, they take it to another agent, like, hey, give me an apples-to-apples comparison. And, and that's a living nightmare. I mean, oh, it is. It is, because... You're just exacerbating a potential, you know, gap in coverage. You know, um, actually sit down, you know, take, you know, take 15, 20 minutes. You know, if it's by phone, you know, scan and email your, your policy over to the agent. Have that conversation. Let's go through it page by page. Make sure I've got the right coverages for what I need in my life. But we need to explain why that's so important because people are thinking, well, it's only a couple thousand dollars a year. This is so annoying. I don't want to sit down with my agent. But when it comes time to a claim, let's just say one of the people listening today was a person who had a home in Key West. And all of a sudden they're looking at a complete loss, which that doesn't happen very often. I mean, you've been in insurance for a very long time. How many complete losses have you ever insured? Well, it's, you know, the only, the only ones that I personally experienced is when I was doing the Hurricane Andrew claims. But they you were know, your uh, clients. Well, they were my clients. No, but as far as yeah, as far as my current clients, it's very, very rare. It's usually a catastrophe if it's not a wind uh, situation like a hurricane. You know, we've had situations where we've had a million-dollar house that caught on fire, and it was a total loss. Yeah, and it's so unusual to have a total loss, but that's what we're talking about. And we live in Florida where we can where we have that potential. Hey, we're back with Chuck Wasson from ARCW Insurance, one of our major sponsors of I Work For Him. And we're talking to Chuck about reviewing our policies. And, and we had set this show up many, many, many weeks ago, and then Irma came by. And for those of you not in Florida, in our Florida listening audience, you may be tired of hearing about Irma or Harvey or Maria or wherever they are. But just know that what we're saying here today with Chuck Wasson, this is important for all of you. And, and, and Chuck, isn't it true that flood insurance tends to be one of those policies that most people ignore, yet most people, when they have losses, don't have coverage? Absolutely. I mean, most people... I would say a good majority of people buy flood insurance because their mortgage the mortgage says you're in a flood zone, you need to buy insurance. So that's when most people buy it. You know, you know, flood insurance in, in Florida, we hear all about this, you know, it's regulated by FEMA. So no matter where you go, it's the same rate. You just use different servicing carriers. But we've got many clients, and the maxes you can buy on, on the dwelling is $250,000. Uh, we have many houses that are worth, you know, substantially more than what that $250,000 is. So, so what, what do you do? do? I'm sorry? So what do you do? So what do you do? What we do that we go to the excess flood market, and that's where you really want to shop around because different carriers are going to have different rates for the excess flood, which is going to cover anything above that two hundred fifty thousand dollar limit. And it does get a little pricey when you get above that that limit. But you know, if you truly want to protect your house and you've got you're in an area that you're really vulnerable to a flood loss, that's something you need to look at. And, and just because you're not just because you're not in a flood zone doesn't mean that you shouldn't get flood insurance. I mean, really, theoretically, Florida, if we had the big enough storm surge, we could all be underwater. So a lot of people choose to not buy flood insurance because they say, hey, my mortgage doesn't require me to have it. I'm not in the flood zone. 
But those people that are not in a flood zone, you can get what's called a preferred policy, which can be very, very inexpensive. And what we routinely do is, you know, even the people that aren't in a flood zone, we provide that flood quote to let them know, hey, you know, this is the coverage, this is coverage that you need to think about because the majority of flood losses that happen nationwide, we saw it, you know, over in Texas, we saw it after Superstorm Sandy. Those areas were not considered flood zone areas. Well, I mean, okay, and how many areas would be considered flood zone areas? But yet, when you get fifty-two inches of rain, you're probably going to have a little flooding. Right, and then people say, "Well, FEMA's going to fix my do my repairs." The thing is, is they understand that's a, that's a loan that you're going to get from FEMA. FEMA's just not going to automatically give you a lot of money to fix your house. They're giving a little bit of grants now to people who are in who are in need and have a certain qualification. But FEMA's not just not going to come in and you know repair your house and repair everything because of a flood loss. No, they expect you to actually have your own insurance. And I think that's really why I want to make sure we cover this today with Chuck Wasson from ARCW Insurance. Find him online at arcwinsurance.com. Is that so many of us are not prepared and we wait until it's too late. And the flood thing, you know, in Houston, they'd never had 52 inches of rain at one time. And the majority, I think I heard a number, Chuck, it was like 90% of the flood losses were uninsured. Correct. Correct. Uh, that's a Correct. staggering number. There were a lot of people underwater. It, absolutely. And then, and then the, the Tampa Bay area where we're located was extremely lucky. And I was talking to a friend of mine who works for uh, one of the local cities, and we were talking about, you know, what's going to happen when Irma comes by, whether it was going to be a direct hit or not a direct hit. And what he said is exactly what happened. We People have been complacent. They haven't been trimming trees. So what they were expecting is a lot of trees down that were going to knock the power lines down. And that's exactly what happened because, you know, generally a lot of people don't upkeep the trimming of their trees. You know, they were falling down there and knocking all of the power lines down. Even in places like where I live, all my utilities are on the ground, but at some point, it's got to be uh, above ground to come in. Well, so looking at, I mean, we've talk, been talking about doing insurance policy reviews because you want to make sure you have the right coverage and that you're also prepared for your deductible because a lot of people are surprised. You know, if you have a normal windstorm damage, you may have just a standard deductible, but for a hurricane, a named storm you your deductible is two to five percent at a minimum, and those all. Well, get... any a, a most policies, it's any type of wind loss. It's not just some policies do have a name storm uh, endorsed, what they call an endorsement. That that percentage only only applies if it's a name storm. But the majority of the policies, it's any wind related loss. It could be just a regular summer storm. It could be a tornado, of course a hurricane. But any wind loss is going to be subject to that percentage deductible. That's a big deal. That's a huge okay. deal. That's really important for people to understand. Okay, so let's talk about some other coverages because we're all tired of hearing about the home coverages, even though we know we need to deal with this, and you guys could take care of the, the home and the wind and the flood. But what about car insurance and what about commercial insurance? On commercial insurance buildings, people that are out there listening that, that have commercial buildings, whether they're residential buildings or whether they're, they're uh, housing a business inside, it does doing an annual review, is that really a good idea on those as well? Oh, absolutely. Businesses are constantly in a, in, a, in a state of change. They're constantly changing. They're constantly um, adding equipment. They're having record sales. You know, a lot of businesses, you know, the liability is based on what their uh, gross revenue is. So if you have a year where we estimate, say, $500,000 in gross revenues and you have a million-dollar year at time of audit, you're going to have a substantial additional amount of premium that you're going to have to pay. Conversely, if you don't think you're going to have a great year, 
you know, we're estimated half a million, but you only do 250000 that insurance company, in most cases, is not going to refund that money back to you. So you want to sit down with the agent, you know, on businesses, maybe, you know, more than once a year, maybe twice a year, maybe do a mid-year review to say, hey, this is where we're tracking right now, or this is the changes that we made to the business, and this is what we need to then change on the insurance policy. I'm just amazed at how few people are willing to sit down. They think it's just an, an annoyance and a bother because they're just looking at it as a piece of paper. But when it comes time to a claim, they're like, hey, but I wanted to have the best coverage. I wanted to make sure I had all of that I needed. And that really comes into play in Florida when it comes to auto insurance where people can buy really bare minimum coverage that that can leave them open to lots of non-coverage. I mean, when, exactly right. Liability coverage in the state of Florida is not required. All that's required is your personal injury protection that's going to cover your own medical expenses and some property damage that covers any damage that you may inflict on someone else's property, but they don't require any type of bodily injury coverage, which is going to protect you, your assets, and in the event you get an accident, someone sues you because you've injured them. So when when somebody's doing an apples-to-apples apples comparison, that really gets them in trouble if the last agent didn't sell them very much coverage. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I think one of the most underserved uh, coverages that people have that we actually don't have in Florida is uninsured motorist. I mean, because bodily injury coverage is not required, what if you get in action with somebody? It's not your fault, and you need to sue them because you've lost wages, you've been injured, you've got pain and suffering, and those and that other party that hit you that caused the accident doesn't have any bodily injury coverage. You want to have the ability to come back on your own policy to recover those types of, uh, you know, monetary sums. Well, and what I I've, you know, I've only lived here 15 years, but what I have seen is the majority of the people that I know that have been injured in car accidents have been involved in accidents with people who didn't have insurance or didn't Correct. have the liability coverage. Right, right. And, and talking about the whole uninsured motorists, you know, it's a conversation you need to have with your agent about, you know, stacking of your coverage, which in essence multiplies the amount of coverage that's available to, be, available to you in the event of an accident. So important that people sit down with their insurance agents. Now, Chuck, let's just say somebody's got an agent they're not really happy with. Are you guys looking for new customers? Always. Always. All new business is good business. We're willing to get out there and help anyone who, uh, who would like to use us. Now, we know that that's not true, that not all good, all new business is good business. Because I, 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 <laughs> But I know that there's many great clients out there that are listening to iWork. For him, all of those clients would be great new clients. I am sure of that. I'm sure of that. So let's. So if the people are talking about doing a home review, a commercial insurance review, an auto insurance review, what about life insurance reviews? Because that's something that, boy, a lot of people just avoid that subject like the plague. Why is that? Well, they don't want to. They don't want to face their own mortality. You know, they don't want to figure, hey, if I get life insurance, something's going to happen to me. But you got to think about it. You know, who's going to take care of your family in the event of your loss, in the event of your passing? Well, and, and so how does life insurance really work? Well, most basic way it works is you pass away, and the money that you took out on a policy then goes back to your family or whoever you designate, you know, for those proceeds to go to. And I think of it as, you know, if you you're living a certain standard of life, you're providing your family a certain level of comfort. When you want to keep that going in the event of your passing. Well, you absolutely want to keep that going, but a lot of people are thinking, well, life insurance—they're just going to get rich on me if I die. But well, and I, and I've heard that, but. You know, that's. I think that's a foolish way of uh, of thinking about your family and of any of your your passing. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's really. And scripturally, we're supposed to take care of our families as as Christ followers. We're supposed to leave behind what they've got 
the people that we're leaving behind. That's so important that we do that. So how, how hard is it to sit down with somebody and actually get a review? Well, do life insurance review. Them, well, once we sit down with them, you know, the individual I have that handles our life, you know, he, he's very good at, at pointing out, you know, the, the importance of life insurance and why everyone needs it. And, you know, everyone doesn't need a million-dollar policy. I mean, in some situations, a $100,000 policy will work. It'll they pay off a mortgage and may, you know, fund some college education. Or in some situations, people want to take out a life insurance policy because they want to leave it to their church or to a certain charity. There's a lot of different aspects and uses for life insurance other than just passing money on to, you know, you know, a certain error. So if, if somebody wants to get a hold of somebody at your agency, we know they can go online to arcwinsurance.com, arcwinsurance.com. What about, is there an 800 number they can call in order to be able to get a hold of uh, you guys there at your agency? Absolutely. It's uh, 866-492-7766. Uh, nationwide, we can help anyone in the, any other state. What was that number again? 877-492-7766. Chuck Wasson with ARCW Insurance. Thanks for calling in today, giving us a little update on how to just review our policies and making sure we got things straightened out. We really appreciate your support. Everybody, check out Chuck Wasson online, arcwinsurance.com. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Jim. All right, make sure you check them out online, arcwinsurance.com or 877-492-7766. You know, for four and a half years, we've been focusing on helping you, our listeners, realize that your work matters. Here's a cool people. Ah, sorry, rented lips. I'll, I'll try that again. Here's a cool piece of information. There's an organization called Work Matters that is focused on equipping you and me and a million others in 10,000 companies by 2025 to bring our faith to work and let our work honor God and impact others. That's so incredible. That's right. That's part of the I Work Ram Nation commitment to start praying for those coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Look for ways to serve them. Look for ways to befriend them. Look for ways to pray with them when they're having a rough day, but all along being a person of excellence. But I know that you're looking for ways. What does that look like, Jim? Work Matters is one of those organizations that can help you understand how to do this. And we've got the CEO of Work Matters on the line with us today, David Roth. David Roth, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. Great to be with you today. I got to tell you, I got a lot of people asking me if your middle middle name was Lee. <laughs> I get asked that constantly, but it is not. It's Michael. It is not. So you're not. So you're not like an incredible musician and got moved by the Lord. Okay, all right, just checking. Just just want to make sure because you know the audience will want to know. All right, but but you because you made the comment in the email to me that you know that your last name wasn't Rock, and I'm thinking, did I say something? Like I didn't ask him if his middle name was Lee or not. Okay. Let's focus, on, let's focus on ministry, David. Let's try to do that. Okay. All right. So listen, I, I want people, I'm so excited about people hearing about Work Matters and, and for them to be able to see this new resource, not that it's new to you because it's been around a long time, but it's just new to the audience. And, and I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that it took me so long to connect up with you, but why don't you talk, talk to us about why Work Matters? What's it all about? Yeah. Thank you, Jim. And it, and it is a, a blessing to get to connect with you and get to know you. I love the work that you're doing as well. So thank you for having us today. You know, I think uh, the best way to understand what work matters about is just to give a real quick flyby of the last uh, few years of my career. 
the first uh, the first twenty years of my career, I really chased the the world's definition of success, if I can describe it that way. Lived in San Francisco and Atlanta and Washington D.C. and and worked in the in the corporate world, and I I was just a total Sunday Christian. I, I had a good foundation of faith, but it was really for Sunday and kind of when I needed God. And I realized over the years what a what a terrible place that is to be. And I've also learned that there are thousands and thousands of Sunday Christians out in the marketplace today. So at the end of that 20 years, I had the opportunity to move back to Arkansas, where I was from, and I went to work for a company called J.B. Hunt Transport. They're one of the largest uh, over-the-road transportation companies in the uh, country. And it was there that I saw faith and work lived out for the very first time. It was so powerful uh, and and so uh, contagious. And so I went super deep and learning about what does faith and work really look like. I went to school at J.B. Hunt for five years, basically, while I was doing my job. Well, at the end of that five-year period, this is early 2000s, I went to our church to a leadership conference, and they launched this new marketplace church ministry called Work Matters. And I was so excited. It was as if my whole life had kind of come together for that moment. So I joined the initial church board and became kind of the informal passion leader of the ministry. And after about 18 months, it had grown so much more quickly than we had anticipated that we started talking about maybe we should spin it out of the church and make it a nonprofit organization. And so that's what happened in October 2003. Uh, I, uh, I left my VP of sales and marketing role at J.B. Hunt Transport and became kind of the second founder, if you will, of Work Matters. That was 14 years ago, and we've just been so blessed to uh, have God use the work of our hands to help leaders discover God's purpose for work. Now, are you only focused on leaders? Because I get your daily devotionals, and, and it doesn't seem like it's just for leaders. It seems like... Well, I don't know. What's your definition of leader? Well, that's a great question because we, I think, we use that term "leader" uh, pretty freely. But I, I think, I think my definition of leaders is based on two or three things. One is just um, it, it's not related to whether or not you have organizational responsibility, but it's more about you and and how you view yourself. And so what is your level of self-awareness around what you're good at, what you need to work on? And so are you a learner? I think one of the the very first things a leader has to do is be a learner. The second thing is I think leaders need to, to have a servant heart. They need to be they need to be servant leaders. They need to be serving others in their work. And I think the last thing um, is really around influence and just the recognition that regardless of your organizational responsibility, you know, do you place an emphasis on the influence that you're having on those that are around you? I love that because it's that's the feeling that I got from your daily devotionals is that or your daily emails that you send out is that it's not just for people that are in charge. It's for people in the weeds, in the trenches that have influenced over other people. So I don't want to give it all away, but let me just ask this one question. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, so just get ready. J.B. Hunt, <laughs> I'm a road warrior. I, I am sure that Martha and I have put in well over a million miles in our marriage, probably way more than that, in our cars. I love to drive. I've got one car with 250,000 miles on it. And we've only owned that 10 years. JB Hunt, you see JB Hunt all over the place. Can you arrange a show one day where we get somebody from JB Hunt and maybe some of their drivers on the show? Because there's a there's a workplace ministry that we have not been able to highlight yet on iWork Rim truck driver. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that I could pull that off. I've never interviewed a driver before through our ministry, but we have so many people at J.B. Hunt that um, that have influence and work with drivers every day. I think it would be a really powerful show. So let's get back to work matters because that's why we're here today. But I really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you to that one. All right. So how are you? How is work matters specifically helping Christ followers, like the people listening to I work for him today, to recognize that their individual work really matters? Yeah. Well, it's a great question, and it's a big question. I'm always challenged to break it down into some bite-sized chunks that are understandable. But the, the very first thing that we challenge individuals to do when they're thinking about faith and work is to really have a bigger vision for their work, to really think about what is God's purpose for work? Is there something much bigger than just showing up and doing the work and getting paid for it? And so for that first of all, it's helping people understand that you know that we were made to work. That God was God is a worker. That He created us in His image, and therefore we we're made to work. To work is in our DNA, and, and that's the most important thing for people to first kind of have an eye-opening experience around. The second thing is um, there's, then the next question is kind of obviously or frequently. You know, so what do you? What does that mean? Am I supposed to pray in meetings? Am I supposed to share the gospel? And the, the answer may be yes, but where we always start people is that it's really your personal behavior at work. What what is your? How does your personal behavior at work reflect Jesus in the way you're doing it? And so we broke that that challenge down into seven areas just to make it simpler. We call them the seven pillars of faith and work, and we don't have to go through those, but um, they are love integrity, excellence, influence, serving, serving others, calling, and the last one, which is the biggest one in our workplace today, I think, is, is balance, work-life balance. And so we, we offer content around those seven pillars to help people understand, how do I live this on a day-to-day, um, on a day-to-day basis? And then when the door opens, as always, um, people say, hey, I, there's something different about the way you do your work, the attitude that you have, the words that come out of your mouth, the way you treat other people, the way you deal with difficult situations. Why? What, what, how do you do that? What's, what's driving you for that? And it opens the door for you to have a conversation about your faith in Christ. Well, and that is something we drive home every day. I love that, that, that excellence thing, because as part of, we ask people to commit to the I Work For Him Nation, and it's not a club, it's not something they join, but it's that commitment to your workplace to pray for the people that you work alongside and to serve them and to befriend them outside of the workplace. You gain a relationship to, to pray with people when they're seeing of a rough day, but all on being a person of excellence, to be a person yeah. that's committed to being the best that they can be in the position that they are in the, they, they should be the number one Christ followers like you and I in our positions should be the best employees in a company. Absolutely. Could not agree more that excellence, you know, our, the first testimony we have is the quality of our work. And so uh, and Colossians 3.23 is what we always put out first when we're talking about excellence. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. Excellence is a wonderful starting place for living your faith at work. Well, and a lot of people don't realize, David Roth from Work Matters, that Jesus Christ was an entrepreneur for probably 18 or 20 years before he became an itinerant preacher, before he became a rabbi, and his excellence in his workplace gave him that platform. He had a platform because he was an excellent carpenter, and that excellence, if he wasn't excellent, 
the Pharisees would have ripped him to shreds. They would have. Had you ever heard of, have you ever heard a sermon about Jesus's demonstration of excellence in his work and his reputation giving him a platform for ministry? I can't say that I've ever heard that, Jim. But it's true though, isn't it? Absolutely true. Uh, and, and, you know, you bring up a good point. Um, one of the, one of the opportunities that one of the greatest opportunities we have in building the kingdom is for churches to really embrace this idea of the marketplace and of the workplace and, um, uh, from the pulpit and through their content to really be able to start teaching. What does the Bible say about work and how can I more effectively you know, show Jesus in that place called work. It's gotten so much better, by the way, over the last 10 years. Um, there's more and more churches that are really leaning into that. But um, in the meantime, organizations like yours and ours are just passionate about trying to share that with as many people as God will give us not the opportunity to share with. Well, and, and as work matters, every day you're engaging with people. How many people you si- are you guys sending out emails to on a daily basis? About 10,000 people. That's amazing. So if people want to get, let's just get them engaged with your website right now. So they go to workmatters.org. What kind of things are they going to find out? uh, What kind of resources are they going to find out on your website, workmatters.org? Yeah, great question. What we've tried to do with our content that we're constantly building and, and adding to is try to meet people where they may be on their, in their journey. Um, and so the, the typical way people first initiate with Work Matters is, uh, is by uh, engaging with our insights. Every Monday morning, we send out a minute and a half uh, video of an executive somewhere in the, in the United States uh, really talking about a specific topic of faith and work and, and leadership. It's really quick to listen to, but significant teaching. And then every Thursday, we send out our blog that's a less than five-minute read, but it's a deeper dive on some topic around faith and work. And so there are thousands of people that engage in that content. It's, it's great content for time-starved leaders. Um, but then there's also the opportunity uh, to go a little bit deeper. So, for example, we just launched a new devotional on Uversion, on the Uversion Bible app, which I would encourage your listeners to search for. It's called Jesus' Love at Work. It's just a simple four-day uh, devotional with some links to other content if they're interested. We also um, have a real strong belief in something Andy Stanley teaches, which is people learn sitting in rows, but they truly grow sitting in circles. And so we have a significant workplace small group ministry um, where we have created content for uh, 60-minute small group meetings to happen once a week in the workplace. And these are all based on our seven pillars of faith and work that I mentioned earlier. Uh, And each of those pillars is connected to a hero of the Bible. So there's a study on love and Jesus. There's a study on integrity and Daniel. And so we have, you know, I think, 25, 26 states. Uh, there are different people and different companies that are using our uh, our studies. So Dan, that should me... give you a little bit of an example of how people can connect with our content. Oh, I love it. I, I, I love that. Let's go back to that small group ministry that you're talking about. So you've got, do you have curriculum that can take people through a whole year or just seven weeks of curriculum? Well, I mean, how does that small group stuff work? That's a great question. We we did not want to uh, have a small group environment where people had to lock into a small group forever because the workplace is so dynamic. People are so busy. So our studies uh, range from eight weeks 
to 12 weeks. And then with, if you get a group of five to 10 people together and they finish a study and they love it, they want to keep going, then there's the, the next study that we offer. We have four studies uh, that would take you through almost a year if you did all four of the studies okay. back to back. And is that just for business owners and leaders or is it for everybody? It's absolutely everybody. I'll give you a great example. One of our team members just came back from a a Fortune 150 company um, that had 10 people there, ranging from a team leader. Um, This is is a company that sells into Walmart here in northwest Arkansas, the team leader for the Walmart business, all the way down to uh, people that have very detailed and very specific jobs. I love that because what ends up happening in many cases is you'll have three or four millennials, you'll have three or four uh, um, older people, you'll have a mix of men and women, and so the diversity in these small groups can be really significant. That is very cool. Okay, so this small group stuff, people can get access to Does it cost money to get this curriculum? Most of our our content is free. Uh, however, we have significant costs built into the into the studies. So the studies are eighteen dollars for uh, for each study. Awesome. Okay, well that's that's nothing. And and of course, people can donate more than that, right? To your ministry if they're online and they're really moved by it, they can give you more money than that, right? Absolutely. We are a, a nonprofit organization, and uh, over seventy five percent of our of our income comes from individuals and companies who believe in this mission and, and want to see it shared with more people. Now, you've got a pretty Work Matters. And again, people today, we're talking with David Roth from Work Matters. It's an organization that's been around for a very long time, over 14 years, started in a church and exploded out of the church and has now exploded across the nation. Workmatters.org, workmatters.org. Get engaged with them today. Get their, get their daily devotionals or devotionals that they send out via email. Find out the other resources. But you've got an incredible goal for, by 2025, David. Talk to us about that goal. Yeah, we do. Um, our, our vision, or BHAG as we call it, Big Harry Audacious Goal, is to equip 1 million leaders in 10,000 companies by 2025. And I want to give you a little background on where that came from, um, other than the Lord really driving us to driving it to us. Northwest Arkansas, where we're located, is a very unique part of the country. I mentioned earlier, Walmart's headquarters are here uh, there are 1,600 suppliers that service Walmart that have full-time employees that live and work in northwest Arkansas. Procter & Gamble, for example, has 250 people uh, that live and work in northwest Arkansas just taking care of Walmart. And so there's a global economy that's taking place here in northwest Arkansas. And so we have a unique opportunity to influence people who flow in and out of Northwest Arkansas. So we often talk, talk about it as being uh, a, one of the epicenters of faith and work in our country. I think Atlanta is, is could be viewed as an epicenter, New York City, Tampa maybe, are different pockets and different cities around the country that really have an emphasis there. But uh, we're really blessed here because of um, the economy and the big companies, especially Walmart, that are here, that we can have some tremendous influence. And so initially we were focused just on northwest Arkansas, but over the last five years um, our content has become almost exclusively digital, and therefore it's available to anybody in the world. And, and so we've been growing nationally, and, and that drove the whole vision to equip 1 million leaders in 10,000 companies by 2025. That, and, and 
Uh, if you think if there were 10,000 leaders or a million leaders in 10,000 companies, a million Christ followers taking their faith seriously to work to their workplace, no matter what that workplace looks like for them to be Jesus to those people, to recognize the power of them in their in their ministry place, which is their workplace. That's a huge deal because those those million people touching 10,000 companies, touching probably a million other people, maybe more. That's huge. I love that goal. I love that. I love BHAGs, although you know, that name always bothered me a little bit. All right. Let's, <laughs> we're, we're talking with David Roth from Work Matters. I want you guys to check him out online at workmatters.org, workmatters.org. Now, David, I know you just got back from Cincinnati, where I was last week, and I'm terribly disappointed that we didn't connect up when Martha and I were up in Cincinnati. You guys were, were up there on an event, but what other kinds of yearly events do you guys do where you guys get together with other, other groups and, and try to promote what work matters is doing yeah we we have uh two events that we do per year but i'll just i'll just tell you about one uh that's most strategic to us it's coming up on october the 20th here in northwest arkansas it's called the work matters forum but our theme this year is courageous leadership we believe passionately that culture is taking courage out of the workplace and especially biblical courage so we've got a series of speakers that are just phenomenal from literally all over the all over the world donnie smith who's the former ceo of tyson foods will be there simon ward who is from london He's the former CEO of the British Fashion Council. He's going to talk about what faith and work looks like in the fashion industry. Jeremy Cowart, who many of your listeners um, may know that name, he is the number one celebrity photographer in the country and is an amazing believer and has an incredible story about calling and what drove him into or called him into the photography world. We have an entertainment leader, Megan Alexander, who works for Inside Edition TV program that's going to come. Yeah, she's incredible. And then we have two or three other, three or four other Northwest Arkansas leaders. David, before we run out of time, how do people find out about the Work Matters Forum? On your website, workmatters.org? That's it, workmatters.org. David Roth, thank you so much for being on iWork for him today and sharing a little bit about Work Matters. We're going to have to bring you back on with some people that are involved in your ministry the next time. But David Roth, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Jim. We love what you're doing. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace is my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.